Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host Jared. And I'm Edwina. And we're doing a Once More We're Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today we're doing Season 4, Episode 2, Living Conditions. Conditions. This episode first aired October 12th, 1999, written by Marty Noxon and directed by David Rossman, over to you, Eddie. This is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan, but Jared has never watched the series all the way through, and I'm trying to convince him it's worth his time. And no extra charge. That's how much it's <laughs> worth. Uh, yes, you are trying to convince me still. Into season four. Um, okay. <laughs> Living conditions. <laughs> Living conditions, Eddie. Uh, what was your uh, like take on uh, rewatching this episode? You know, it is that thing, like the first five or six episodes of this season really, you know, it's it's about adjusting to change and growing up and mm, yeah, her yeah. adjusting to college and this new life and... Having a door, mate. Yeah, and to be to be fair, this is probably the most relate one of the most relatable <laughs> like episodes of yeah. Buffy because I think nearly everyone out there has had that the that, roommate, the, the roommate ha- the from Hal, the, the housemate yeah. from Hal. Yeah, I know we've, we've all been there. I know we've been there. We're a house full of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I love this this episode. Yeah, it was pretty I, funny. I have to admit, it was pretty funny, this episode. Yeah, and it's... it's oh, there's something like that, that standoff scene as well is just so well shot. You mm. know, the slow-mo toenails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's some... And that... Oh, th- what is it? when Like that horror movie shot with the tomato sauce dropping down yeah, on the... Yeah. <laughs> Extreme close-up <laughs> yes. and the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, it has. It, I think it, it's shot really well. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I, I do really, really like this episode. Okay, favorite of yours, huh? Definitely. A fa- yeah, well, favorite? It's, it's probably one of the most underrated episodes. Like, it's not. It won't be in like anyone's top ten, mm-hmm. but it probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> top eleven, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It probably always just gets to eleven. <laughs> um. Would you like to do the... No. Summary? Yes. All right, I'll do the summary. While Buffy gets ready to patrol, her roommate, Kathy Newman, begins to annoy her, becoming increasingly irritating. Buffy leaves to go and patrol the campus. However, Kathy tags along with reluctant Buffy. Soon enough, they are attacked by a demon. However, Buffy pushes Kathy into a bush, resulting in her not seeing the demon. Buffy manages to fight it off, but as she leaves with Kathy, they are being watched by two of the demons who comment, she may be the one. The next morning, Buffy goes to Giles' flat to describe the previous night's monster. Buffy's atypical interest in what Giles has planned for the day arouses his suspicion, and when pressed, she admits she is avoiding her dorm until Kathy leaves for class. As Buffy talks to Giles, Kathy is in the dorm room scrubbing the grass stain from her sweater from the previous night. Realising it is ruined, Kathy wears one of Buffy's. Later on, Buffy goes to the Rocket Cafe for lunch, but sees Kathy in line. She cuts into the line to avoid her and meets another student, Parker Abrams. Buffy then joins Willow, Oz and Xander, but becomes annoyed when Kathy also joins them and drops her lunch on Buffy's sweater. That night, the tension between the two roommates continues to grow and they both angrily go to bed. That night, Buffy dreams of the demon that attacked her on the previous night performing a ritual on her body and is shocked to find Kathy had the same dream. 
The following day, Buffy explains a dream to Giles, Oz, and Willow. Willow becomes concerned with Buffy's actions and attitude towards Kathy, so Oz agrees to go on patrol with her that night. During that night, the two demons meet again, and one confirms that she is the one. The group chants around a large fire, preparing to summon the Great Tepperich. Meanwhile, as Buffy returns to her door room, she is angered to find Kathy and Parker getting along. Buffy makes Parker leave. Red flag, red flag. <laughs> but tells him he should meet again before leaving to go and patrol. While talking with Oz, Buffy shows more anger towards Kathy, telling him something has to be done. After going to bed, Buffy has the same unsettling dream. The following day, Buffy meets up with Willow, who tells her that she is convinced that Kathy is a demon due to her toenails growing even after being cut. Buffy goes to tell Willow that she plans to kill Kathy. Willow, startled by her behaviour, forces Buffy to go see Giles with the toenails. Upon arriving at Giles' house, Buffy is tied up by Oz and Xander, while Giles tells Buffy that he thinks she has been possessed by the demon. Giles leaves to go collect supplies from the magic shop to perform an exorcism while Oz and Xander watch Buffy. However, Buffy gets free and knocks the boys unconscious before fleeing. When Giles returns with Willow, they wake up Oz and Xander before Giles realises that Kathy is a demon. Buffy arrives back at the dorm room and eventually engages in a fight with Kathy, which results in Buffy ripping off Kathy's face, revealing her to be the, one of the it. demons. <laughs> Kathy confesses to Buffy that she is escaping her dimension to go to college and has been sucking out her soul while she slept, planning on making the demons take Buffy back to her dimension. As this happens, the two demons in the woods summon Tepperich, the leader of the demons. Meanwhile, Giles performs a spell that returns parts of Buffy's soul already taken by Kathy just before Tepperich arrives at the dorm and takes Kathy back. Having had her own roommate problems, Willow moves in with Buffy and apologises for doubting her suspicion on Kathy and is forgiven. However, when Willow takes a bite out of Buffy's sandwich, Buffy begins to react in a similar fashion to Willow's own annoying habits. The end. Yeah, one thing I do have to mention is about the fact mm -hmm. that Willow's situation the is whole way thing, yeah. worse the whole, When she's on the phone complaining about her dorm mate and Willow's there and she can't hear what she's saying because there is a party, a literal party going on around her. <laughs> yes. Like, what? It's like, yeah. oh, she's just the worst worst mate ever. I'm like, huh? What? Like there's Buffy going on about her just ironing her jeans and playing the divas over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> love songs. Nothing but love songs. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Um, and and then you see like Willow is actually in a much 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 worse yeah. situation. It's just Willow is like, oh well, I guess this is you know Willow wasn't even complaining. She's like, you know my my roommate's kind of a challenge as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this episode, you know, it isn't too deep. It's you know as Giles said learning to live with someone can be a challenge and it's a challenge we've all had to face. Mm, yes. um, like, and, and to be honest, I think we still have that argument over the thermostat. <laughs> oh, the, 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 yeah, yeah. That never stops, does it? Yeah, like literally. The, it's got to be 21, Eddie. That's perfect. <laughs> literally the other night you had the air conditioning on while I was trying to work and the air conditioner is like blowing straight onto me. <laughs> So I turned it off and you were like, I'm hot. Turn it back on. 
I'm hot. Deal with it. <laughs> yes. We actually had that argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it is that that thing that, you know, when you're learning to live with someone, it's they're always the same issues. You know, someone doesn't do the dishes. You know, someone's stealing other people's the food. The food. Now, that, that was a really good one. Uh, when she opened the fridge door and everything was labelled, the eggs individually labelled. Yes. Uh, Which probably isn't too healthy because I'm pretty sure like those kind of markers, like because the shell is, it's just kept, like it's not. It would sort of seep through a little bit, wouldn't it? Would it would seep through. Mm, ugh, yeah. Like if you've ever died eggs and stuff like it does actually yeah it does absorb it doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah it does actually absorb into the mm. <laughs> so probably not too healthy but she's Don't a demon use a texter. Yeah, yeah she is a demon so oh well uh you know um yeah the stealing food it's uh oh, we're like like going into someone else's cupboard and like that the whole thought of someone doing that mm. to me is just that, that was actually it. crossing a line. I really felt like just going in a cupboard like that, and then wearing her her shirt but in front of asking but, and, and in front of her as well. Yeah, yeah. I thought without that was pretty even, pretty uh, audacious. Yeah, without even thinking that it was going to be an issue, she was just like, "Well, you wrecked mine." Yeah, uh, but considering what a conf- control freak she was, um, yeah, labeling the eggs, and she wears her shirt. Yeah, uh, but Buffy did take her milk. That was the thing without asking. Okay, well the milk. Come on, I think the milk's free for all, isn't it? I mean, that's a uh... well. Do you remember? Oh, no. So when <laughs> oh, we no. so we lived in a house in London. It was seven bedrooms. There was two people, possibly per room. Yeah, every room in this house had been converted into a bedroom, pretty much, except the lounge room and kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each room had their own fridge. Yes. Um. Some fridges were in the bedrooms. And some fridges were in the communal area and mm-hmm. ours was in the communal area. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it was like a four-story four story house. Yeah. All the way at the <laughs> bottom to get a beer. <laughs> yeah. So let's just say if you were all, all the way downstairs and you had to go upstairs to, to get milk, people just generally used to take our milk. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, wasn't too bad. Except for this one housemate. <laughs> you have to jog my memory on this one. All right. Can you remember the guy who used to play pan pipes and smoke? Oh, smoke, that weirdo. Smoke, smoke um, rollies, like chain smoke rollies. Yeah, that weird guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, so at the time where I worked, they, like most of the places in London, they supplied tea, coffee, and they'll have an entire fridge just for milk. So it wasn't that big a deal. I used to have my breakfast at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd only ever have like one of those half litre. And as I said, everyone used to steal our milk. So I used to only ever get like the half litre milk. But he used to use our milk, mm-hmm. this guy. And then he would put the empty carton back in the <laughs> fridge. The perfect crime. And then I, I once confronted him about it mm-hmm. and he completely denied it. And then I actually caught him doing it and he was still denying it. Oh, God. And he had a bowl of cereal in his hand at the time. <laughs> anyway, not long after that confrontation, um, he got put in a mental institution. <laughs> and the cops came around to tell us that he'd been put in a mental institution. Um, he was more than just 
some weird guy. But yeah, and then I had to clean out his I had to clear out his room for the next person to move in. And mm-hmm. his room was just full of cereal bowls. Oh god. <laughs> like I think that's all he ate was cereal. Um, but no, we have What had, the hell did you do? We have had some pretty bad housemates, um, but he was probably the, the worst. The w- yeah, the weirdest, definitely, yeah. Um, and as I said, that house had a constant array of people flowing in and out mm. over the time span that, that we there. I remember that, that uh, hostel we stayed in Paris and people stole our cheese. I was really shitted off about that. <laughs> <laughs> this really nice cheese, and it just—it just been raided. And admittedly, it was a communal fridge, so you know it was free for all. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, mm. that was because we had no money. <laughs> well. We were living on baguettes, and <laughs> yes, but I had big plans for that cheese. Yeah, yeah. You were pretty upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> they left you. Didn't they leave you like one slice? One slice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um. So that was my story about the worst housemate. What was your worst housemate story? Oh, um, tomato sauce fight. <laughs> tomato sauce fight. Um, that wasn't really that bad of a story, to be honest. That was kind of fun. Um, well, not really the worst story. Uh, the only thing that comes to mind is is the is the kitty litter one. <laughs> I was thinking of that. No, that wasn't really. It wasn't a housemate. But it was a house friend. And he was at our house. Enough. At our house, yeah. Um, you ever seen the movie Snatch? And there's one line they consistently say on there is "Never trust a piker." Yeah. Uh, and if you know what a piker is, it's basically a a English gypsy. So yeah. a, a nomadic people who live in England. And um, I tell you one thing: they don't look like Brad Pitt. Yes. When you see these people, they look like they're they're pretty rough looking. I'm not saying they're ugly, but you know, they yeah, they look yeah. like they look like they've had pretty hard lives, I guess. Um and these my friends were having a, a bender. They used I think to it was okay. a Thursday night. <laughs> so they they yeah, so these housemates used to have these four day benders that would start on a Thursday. End on Sunday night. And yeah. end on a Sunday. Sunday night. Maybe this is a Friday morning. I remember coming back from work and just seeing kitty litter everywhere. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So apparently what happened, they'll they'll outside the front of the house and some pikers have pulled up in a car and uh, said to them, Hey, do you want to buy some laptops and digital camera and all this crap and you know, whatever? And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah cool, I'll buy that, you know, and uh, he's, he's run down to the ATM, he's bought the cash back. And they've they've shown him the the case, you know, this whatever case it was in. It was two laptops, two cameras, something like that. They've put it in all in the case. They've given him the case. They've given him the money. They've driven off. That he's gone in the house and he's opened it up and it was full of kitty litter. They did the old switcheroo on him with the case. Mm. So he paid about four hundred quid. Uh, I don't know, eight hundred bucks American or you know Australian, I think, um, for kitty litter. Um, yeah, completely and got swindled. He was. And I think someone had put it on the table and tried to shit in it. From, that's no, what was on the table. He'd broken it open. And I do remember you seeing him and he pretended to be a cat and proceeded to pull down his pants to take a dump. And this is like on our outside table where people yeah. eat. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that was our housemate story. Um, it's the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> it wasn't really a horror story or anything like that, but that was uh, well, one that sticks with me. Coming, oh. coming home to the tree in the lounge room. The tree in the lounge room was, yeah, they wanted a poking stick to poke one of the guys asleep. So they brought this log it, into the lounge room. It was a tree. Room, and it sat there for a while. 
<laughs> yeah. And then they were, they were having like, they had like these fights on the log. Like they put the log up against the two couches and were like balancing on it and throwing like pillows at oh, each other. God. And then there was the time they stole the newspapers and like the whole the whole lounge room was just full of newspaper. Oh God, there's some crazy <laughs> shit that went on. Actually, the funniest one uh, was there was a car wash right near us. <laughs> And they waited until a car went in the car wash and they ran in there butt naked and started like showering themselves while the car was in there. Of course, the people in the car can't do anything. They're stuck in there. And all these naked guys are having this homoerotic sort of showering each other in the middle of the car wash. And all they could do was toot their horn. And uh, then they bolted before they, they finished. And yeah, um, that, that was before we had cameras and stuff. That had been a hilarious thing to see. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> There must have been CCV footage of that somewhere. <laughs> must be somewhere. Oh, actually, now, uh, roommates, I just thought of one. Now, it wasn't us, but one of the guys uh, is living with a girl who apparently was a real nasty bitch. Well, he, from his point of view, he, I don't know. He didn't seem like such a great person. To we don't, we with, don't know the full anyway. story. But anyway, he ended up leaving. But before he left, he grabbed her toothbrush and shoved it up his ass and took a picture of it. And then when he left, he sent her the picture of the toothbrush of the toothbrush like pushed up like the bristles were bent back right on the edge of his asshole like he could see it perfectly like that has been in his ass oh god what's wrong with that yeah um <laughs> so yeah that so that didn't happen to me but yeah i know that story yeah yeah that that's that's a nice little <laughs> roommate revenge the roommate revenge yeah that's probably the worst one but uh yeah yeah, but I couldn't imagine him being great to to live with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, back to Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who else we've we got to mention in this? Uh, look, like it is a thing, like you don't, they didn't really know what to do with Xander. Like Xander seemed really desperate to get the gang Avengers. The Scoobies. As- he actually said to get the Scooby gang back together. Yeah, he actually yeah. said that. He, uh, he was like desperate for some some demon action. So can anyone just walk into the university? I guess so. Is it not closed off or anything like? I oh, know no, it's not, not really a school, so um, no, I guess visitors are welcome. I think you can just want like I know the uni- like universities here. You can pretty much wander pretty f- freely around. Mm, okay, yeah. There you go. That so. solves that problem. Uh, I wanted to mention were those flicks. Ah. Uh. <laughs> the flicks were very popular in the early 2000s because we were about 2000. Oh, we're 99 then. But uh, yeah, the flicks were really in back then. Yes. Remember uh, Fomenka had her flicks in yes. X-Men? Yes, yes. I love those flicks. You had the flicks too, I, I think. I had the flicks. I definitely had the flicks. Mm. The short bob with the flicks. Yeah. And uh, so. is she looking a bit tanned, Willow, as well? A little bit. She looked good in this episode. Yeah, she did. Yeah. I noticed that. Like maybe she's got a bit of sun or something or they didn't pale her up as... as which she usually so, is. Yeah, yeah. Spent a bit more budget on the makeup, maybe. Maybe uh, it's maybe it's the as I said, everything's so bright in this. Well, this she looked season. a lot more pale in a, a pre- previous episode. So uh, even I got to I got to say, uh, Buffy <laughs> Buffy was looking pretty hot in some scenes too. Um, yeah. And oh, uh, leading into that, uh, now was there something going on with her soul sucking? Was it actually affecting her at any point? I think it actually was. Because. Because it started to make her, like, because you see her at the start, she is, though it's annoying her, it's not really affecting her that badly. Yeah. And as it goes 
I think as it, I think from the point that it starts happening, when when she'd started taking enough of it, mm-hmm. enough of the soul, Buffy couldn't hold back that anger anymore. Right. And even the way she was dressing, I noticed, like you see where she's talking to Giles and she's wearing that beautiful sort of red dress, yeah. red top and, and dress. And then the end of it, she's wearing like a, like a, something a forty-year-old woman would wear, like, yeah, a, like, like a, a librarian or or something. It was it was very like, like an olive weird, green dress, weird olive green skirt, and like a but a, shirt. a real long one too, yeah. like a real long dress. But yeah, it wasn't a skirt. It was mm. and uh, compared to what she was wearing earlier, like she looked like a elderly woman almost. So yeah, was that sort of the soul sucking <laughs> defeat? <laughs> Is that what maybe. happens when you get old? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, as she, yeah. So, and Giles is looking, uh, you know, he's jogging. Yeah, he's, he's jogging getting ripped. And buying motorcycle magazines. <laughs> Though that, that nice little area, that I don't ever remember seeing that nice little Looked courtyard. Like Marrow's place almost is yeah, living in. Yeah, <laughs> this nice little area he's got going on. Hmm. Um, so, Oz got a bit more screen time as well. He got something to do. Yeah, Oz had some really good moments with Buffy. Like there's some really good Buffy Oz moments in this this mm. episode. You don't get a lot of that. But yeah, you can kind of see them developing a pretty nice little mm. friendship. I feel like Seth Green's a little underused in the show sometimes. Yeah. I, I sometimes forget he was in it. Because um, he does, doesn't really do a lot. But, uh, but now there was something we saw when he was on patrol with Buffy. He's on his way there. On his way there, yeah. There's a girl. There was a girl that he saw, yeah. Yes. And he made, sort of made eye contact with. Is that leading on to something? I yes. Don't know. Oh, okay, yes, right. Yes, it might be leading on to something. Yeah, and he saw, saw those camo guys, the initiative. Yeah. We can say the initiative. Yeah, I know we can who they say are. it's the initiative. Yeah. Uh, so, had you seen this episode? No, no, I haven't, no. no. Okay. Um, and uh, Parker Abrams. Yes. So, do we see more of him? Yeah, we might. We might? Oh, yeah, yeah okay. we do see more of him. He's a bit white-bred, isn't he? <laughs> it's the way she likes him, doesn't she? Oh, oh, the fact that he was, like, flirting with Kathy, mm. the way that he was, just a massive red flag. Oh, okay, right. That's, that, that's a clue of what's about to happen, <laughs> what's to come. No, she doesn't have luck with men, does she? Mm-hmm. No, she doesn't have great luck with men. <laughs> or demons. Yes. But he might be a different kind of... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, did you go down a rabbit hole? Uh, a little bit. So, we heard a song in this episode. Oh. Do I have to play it? I think Do I have to. you believe in love after love? Okay, so this is a song that has single-handedly ruined the music industry. So I was just looking at this song on uh, YouTube. It has 180 million views, and I reckon half of them will be from uh, Kathy. Definitely. Yeah. So, yes, this song. So we all know the song, and yeah. And yeah. Apparently the first song to use auto-tune. So I went down a bit of an auto-tune rabbit hole. Uh, now, to be fair, shirt. Used she can it. sing. She, oh, she can, can actually suit. sing. But she, she used, didn't. She, she used it as an effect. Yeah, she used it as an effect. So, like a phaser or a delay, you know, any sort of effect you could use, or like distortion when when you want to sound like you're talking through a radio or something like that. It was just an effect to put on the song. 
So now it's actually being used uh, for people who can't sing and people like Kanye West and even that Travis Scott guy uses it throughout their song. Excessive Well, throughout the whole song. Um, I mean, I don't get it, but that's what they do. And and so people like that, I can understand why they would use it. However, I'm watching a video of this guy called Wings of Pegasus. I I suggest you check out his videos. They're they're really good. And he does a thorough in-depth uh, analysis of uh, Michael Bublé. Now, Michael Bublé is someone who can definitely sing. He is a very great, talented singer. And in this video, he's saying, now, not only can you hear auto-tune be used, but you can actually see it being used. And he uses a, a sine wave graph to see the pitches of the singers when they're singing. And you can see it like a sine wave going up and down when they're singing the notes. And he does a comparison between him and Freddie Mercury to to give you an example of what you're looking for and what you're seeing. So when you see Freddie Mercury sing and he's singing his notes and and he uses um, Somebody to Love, he just uses the isolated vocal parts of that song. And you can see when uh, when you know Freddie Mercury sings, fucking anybody find me, you know when he and you can see that the notes going up, and you and you can see where the, the lines of where the notes are, and you and I'm using my hands to <laughs> to gesture what I'm talking about, but basically the sine wave will go up and down the notes of whatever he's singing, but they're not perfect. Even for someone like Freddie Mercury, who was known for being an exceptional singer and hitting those notes. He is human, but humans cannot hit that note like bang on and hold it there, especially the vibratos. And, and the vibrato is of when you go, ah, ah. Ah, <laughs> like that. Um, and so the, when you're doing that, ah, it, the, the sine wave is going up and down like a zigzag, basically. And But they're not perfectly even. Usually the note will go in between the vibrato. So it's going up above the note and below the note. So it's going up and down it. And even with Freddie Mercury doing it it's not perfect and he's all, sort of all over the place but but it, it is pretty accurate and that's how you sing that's the normal way you do it you don't notice it when someone's singing like no one does a perfect note if you want to hear a perfect note you hit a, a piano key and bang it'll hit that note and it'll just stay there and it'll be and it'll finish there but when you sing that note it'll go up to that note and then come down so when he when he shows the Michael Bublé ones, and I, I had no idea about this, but you could actually see when Michael Bublé is singing that it looks like they've actually been snapped where the note is hitting that and coming down. And when he's doing a vibrato, it's exactly in between. The the note is in between the sine wave perfectly, which is just impossible for a human. Like You, you cannot do that. This may be very controversial to say, but it seems pretty clear the cut that Michael Bublé at least in this album or song that he was showing, was using some sort of auto-tune. Um, and even when one part where he hits the note perfectly, it's almost a flat line on when he hits the note. And that's when you know the auto-tune is being used. And I, I was quite shocked, uh, frankly, to find out that he was using that. And I'm not sure there's any fallout from this. I'm not sure there's any scandal going on or whether... Well, why would there be? Well, because he is a, a reputable singer. And he even speculated that it's possible that Michael Bublé might know that this has been done. This could be done after effect, after he's sung it and he's gone home and then they've decided to, quote-unquote, polish the yeah, yeah. the track. And if there's used a bit of auto-tune just to, you know, freshen it up, uh, so to speak. But I would feel that Michael Bublé would hear that and think, ooh, hey, what's, what's sort I of going on that. there? I reckon he's probably paid 
a sound engineer <laughs> quite a lot of money to polish. Well, it, he's song. paid to polish it anyway. I mean, you, you you do effects to the voice, which is you know just the graphic EQ and equalizer and stuff like that to polish it. But that's sort of like you know smoke and mirrors or like just putting makeup on a girl's face, and the photoshopping or. Oh, auto auto tuning is is sort of the line yeah. you cross of where you're like, oh, is that is that really is that crossing the line there? You know, when you when you take a picture of a model and of course you put makeup on her, you make her look pretty, you put the lighting on, that's all okay. But the second you're digitally affecting her face and making her eyes bigger and her cheeks, uh, you know, narrower or higher, that's when I think you're sort of crossing a line a little bit of what what you should or shouldn't be doing. And I th- I yeah, I don't know. There's a it, it must be a bit of debate around, around that. And like someone like um, Travis Scott or um, or Kanye, I mean, they obviously can't sing and they openly use it because it's, it's like you can hear it as loud as <laughs> as loud as, <laughs> as you can. So, But it, they obviously know about it. But Michael Bublé, I'm like, oh, you know, that's, oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, mm. well, I don't know. I think Katy Perry's also been pr- pretty well known to... Yeah, that could be. Yes. Although he did look at this uh, Wings of Pegasus guy did look at Adele and she didn't use any. Okay. So she he, and he could tell by the sine waves. You can just look at the uh, the information right there and you can tell Adele, that Adele does seem like someone who would have said do not put well, I feel I feel it. like that too. I feel like she's someone who would definitely be in control of her music and all that. So to think Michael Bublé would be unaware of it or not part of it or I don't know. There would have to be some sort of consensus there to use it. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't there, but and I, I'm just some guy with a microphone. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was my little rabbit hole of uh, auto tune. And to be to be fair, I'm against. I'm completely against sort of using it. I mean, I, if you can't sing, then but see the thing is, you're taking out the human element of the voice, that which is what you're kind of missing. The I mean, unique. the imperfections of it yeah. is what makes it sound more real. And when it's perfectly hitting those pitches, it's a little off-putting. It's like, well, you might as well just have a robot singing. I think auto tune. It will be that. It'll be the mark of this era of music. Like you'll know. Oh yeah, that that came from twenty the twenty twenties. Possibly. I mean, yeah, uh, it could be here to stay. Uh, I've heard of other people trying to use it who can sing, and, and it usually puts them off. But I'm not sure if they're singing with it at the same time. Mm. Rather than just editing it uh, after the fact, so um, I don't, I, I'm I'm against it to be honest, but that that's just my opinion. <laughs> so I don't mind it, as you said. If you use it at, like the way that it's used in this, yeah, the oh, sure uh, yeah, the sure song's actually, fine. Yeah, it, it's actually pretty good. But we all know that sure can sing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's when yeah. you put it on someone like Travis Scott. There's lots of other. People who but again, overuse but, it. But again, they they're using it as a, as an effect, but that it's open. It's pretty open that they're using it. They're not hiding it. Uh, you know, someone like Katy Perry, if they're using it, I'd say they'd be hiding it at some extent, and that that would be a bit of a scandal, I'd imagine. I don't even think using audio auto tune is even seen as, but it's seen. It isn't. It wouldn't be seen as a well, scandal. I, th- I think so. I think it would be. I don't know if Michael Bublé has openly admitted he's used it on there, but. Um, it depends on the singer, okay? It, if it's someone like Adele, I think that would be very, you know, if it turned out she was using it, that would be a huge scandal for her. Huge. Yeah. I f- but then again. But yeah, but someone like Katy Perry, maybe huh. not, you know. So are you saying the caliber of the singer 
depends on whether using auto-tune. Well, I think it means they're demographic. Okay, they're young teenage girls. They probably don't care. You know, if it's an older audience, they appreciate someone who can really sing. And to find out that they've been misled is, I think, what people would draw the line on, I feel. I actually think it's gotten to that point people don't actually even care if auto-tune is mm, being used. You may be right. And some people, like, I, I personally, if I can hear it in a song, mm. I'm like, ugh. Well, look, if you can hear it, then it hasn't been done very well. Like, these, the ones that Michael Bublé's has been done has been very used, it's been used very covertly. Yeah. Right? It's not smack bang in your face. Yeah. So that's the point. Like, But as you said, isn't that just a polishing? Well, uh, I made the comparison. Isn't it's, isn't it almost probably part of like you know sound engineers would probably learn how to do that, mm, and that like the better it, the sound engineer, the less likely you are to know that auto tune's been used. So I'm really squirming here, aren't I? I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, like I said, like I said, with the model. All right, so you take a picture of a model. Yeah, you, but you do the makeup. You mentioned Photoshop. Yeah. So you know my line of work. I get to, I quite often have to alter. Photographs. Well, that usually become <laughs> that usually comes up when the girls on a cover of a magazine and they photoshopped it. Yeah, and people, but the people of, usually pick on that and say, "Hey, what the amount you know, what's of time?" Well, but yeah, but it's there's only so much that Photoshop can do, really. I mean, I've seen a a a, a video of where they've completely photoshopped a girl for a poster, and and it's not just a little touch up and the blemishes. They've actually widened her, the gap in her eyes, done her cheeks, and by the end of it, it didn't even look like the same girl. Basically, yeah. So, but again, it gets that uncanny. What is it? Un- uncanny valley. Uncanny yeah. valley look to it. it. You can tell that it's been done. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, as I said, you know, it. I I get a lot of hey, can you just, you know, it's get rid of the blemishes. If you can see hair, like you know, yeah, Photoshop well, the hair. You know, it's you know, yeah, make well, make more hair, make less hair. Yeah. Well, it's look, so it's not a line, but. It's sort of a road of where where too much is too much and where you're sort of overdoing it. So, you know, again, what I said, for someone like those other singers of uh, Kanye West and all that, I couldn't care whether they used it or not. You know, it, it's not my demographic and it's not my field. And their fans probably don't care as well. But I feel like someone like Michael Bublé, their fans would probably care and would take notice. So it's mm. it's it depends on the singer and and you know. That is it. A lot of people or a lot of musicians do think that auto tune has. Like I, I did actually watch a documentary mm-hmm. about auto tune, and you know, and the fact that it was used in Believe and the sound engineer who first used it um, for the song Believe regretted it massively because he didn't realise how much it would affect what ended up happening within the music industry. Mm. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, and and he was like, you know, he sort of felt guilty going, you know, I... You created know, I, a monster. I, yeah, I created a monster. I con- contributed to the decline in, you know, in the value of music at the moment. Like the quality of music at the moment is... What the hell did you do? <laughs> hmm. So, that's my take on that. All right. Um, I think I've sort of hit all my points. Um, question I, time? Yeah, maybe we're going to question time. Answer the question. Okay, Jared. Yeah. Which character was your favourite? 
Uh, you know, I mean, I really liked Oz in this episode. Yeah, it was a good Oz episode. But I do like Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> and here's that thing with Kathy where she's just so I, I put Buffy as my favorite character in this because mm-hmm. it was actually fun seeing her being just as uh, Willow put it, Cordelia-esque. Yeah. She was being like just super petty, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like at her pettiest. Yeah, so I went with Buffy. Um, which character did you love to hate in this episode? See, I went with Kathy again. <laughs> yes. So can, can I say that my favourite character is a character I love to hate? Yeah. So I put Oz there because I didn't want to say Kathy, Kathy. Yeah. But yeah, Kathy again. Yeah, I put Kathy, and it is that she's just so perky. It's super fun. Like, she's just that person whose energy's, you know, so, like, yeah. <laughs> she's just, yeah. she's in that super energy. Like, you can tell that she's completely naive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has, like, a, you know, she could also, like, you also saw that she was. She had a bit of a snarky side as well. Yeah, the passive-aggressive side. Yeah, oh, she the, was the... super passive-aggressive. Mm. <laughs> like, if you don't have an issue with Buffy taking your milk, why mention it? Mm. And the asking lots of questions. Yeah. <laughs> and just avoiding herself everywhere too. Yeah, yeah. Avoiding herself well, to lunch, avoiding herself on the on the walk. Yeah, well, I kind of... that That's understandable because, as Willow said, she doesn't know anyone... She's trying to make friends. Mm, she's yeah. trying. To, she's trying to develop a friendship with yeah. Buffy, but not realizing that she's been very smothering. Mm. This comes off as patronizing as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and incredibly annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, Soul sucking. <laughs> what was the most memorable fight scene? Uh, yeah, the fight scene in the dorm room. I thought was which one. Oh, which one? <laughs> well, the physical one, I mean. Yeah, when yeah. she rips off her face. Rips off her face. Yeah, yeah. I know it! <laughs> and where she's like hitting her with the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and threw her out the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the window's open. <laughs> um, yeah, I have that as a final showdown with Kathy and Kathy gets her face ripped off. Mm. But Kathy does throw the first punch and you can see after she does that punch, Buffy's like, oh, oh yes, I'm glad you did that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question. LOL moment. There were a lot in this episode. Yeah, there really were. Um, just the... A look on Buffy's face when she opened the fridge and just everything has a name on it. <laughs> but there was also no room for her stuff. Yeah, she couldn't even put an apple in there. Like, that is such a selfish move as well. Mm. Like, just, like, Buffy didn't even, like, you know, when I, I've lived in certain houses where you get a shelf. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was no even divvying out shelves. She just took the whole fridge and didn't to the, herself. Could have left the eggs in the carton to save some room. <laughs> So, oh, and uh, just on on that too, uh, I've noticed a lot of gifts from this episode as well. Oh uh, yeah. So there's the 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 you bet when uh, when she's leaving to go on the walk and mm-hmm. she says something and she's like you bet. Uh, Buffy says that. Uh, there was the 
her face when she she's watching the sauce go on her top and yeah, the buffy yeah. angry face. I yeah. think oh, I like Oh no, it's like the what do you call it? Like the um extreme close up. Extreme close yeah, up of on her, her face eyes. pulling a pulling a nasty greasy. Uh so a couple of those I noticed. Yeah. The gifts in that. Yeah. Um what else is there's so many funny moments in this episode. Um what did you have? I had yeah, like the the Cold War showdown. <laughs> <laughs> in the dorm room and Buffy's putting the putting a lock on her cupboard. Yeah. Mm. And you know, she's got she's trying to ignore her. She's bought some earmuffs to mm-hmm. drown out the, the music. Mm. But she's sitting there clipping her nail <laughs> clipping her toenails. Flossing yeah. her teeth. Yeah. And she's like, the flossing. Oh my god, the flossing. <laughs> Yeah, that there was so many laugh out loud moments in this episode. Yeah, it's it's a gr- it's a great episode. Yeah, because yeah, of it, those. These it was moments. pretty heavy on the laughs this episode. I, I felt mm. yeah. A uh, favorite scene. Well, that was actually my favorite scene. That Cold War that they're having, the tapping on the book, and yeah, then, and then she, but like the heightened sound of it as well. Like, yeah. She's whacking that and then she puts a music Kathy on. Because Kathy was also getting pissed off by it. Like, yeah. Kathy's getting pissed off by Buffy. Buffy's getting pissed off by Kathy. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, my favourite scene has to be... It's probably the opening scene as it sets up the conflict for the entire episode. What was the opening scene? That's when, when B- Buffy's trying to leave and Kathy is listening to the same song over and over again. Oh, yeah. And they're like mid-conversation and she walks over to the to the stereo. Um, Rewinds it to hear that yeah, part yeah. again. <laughs> like, oh, <God. laughs> like they're in the middle of talking. Um, Kathy's also ironing her jeans mm-hmm. at that point. And that's when she's like, I've got this system for the phones. Oh, write down who you call. Right, and then we can divvy it up at the end, that type mm. of stuff. Um, and, you know, her generally being really passive-aggressive about the milk. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, being a bit clingy and smothering to, to Buffy. Like, as I said, it does kind of set up the entire episode really well. Yeah. It's what makes it work. Yeah. <laughs> like, the episode doesn't work unless you have that that opening scene um next question least favorite scene i thought buffy and parker oh you didn't like her him being a little thief um i I don't know i really couldn't find at least couldn't think of a least favorite scene yeah Uh, i i i had difficulty too so i just went with like the dream sequences because i don't particularly like scorpions okay and where the hell was she keeping that scorpion yeah yeah (laughs) It was in a jar in the fridge, Mark <laughs> Kathy. Um, uh, favorite quote. So in the Cold War scene, I know it was like a bit of a double entendre or something when they mm. keep when uh, they keep closing the door, opening the window. the window. And it's funny how Kathy does it as well. Like as soon as Buffy's back is turned to go in the fridge, <laughs> yes. she runs over. She quickly stops ironing, runs over and closes it. Yeah, and comes back down. And will it? Um, then Buffy turns around. Sees it, opens it, and Kathy's like, I'm cold. And I was like, well, I'm hot. Deal with it. <laughs> Is that a little double entendre, maybe? Yeah, just a little bit. A bit. I'm a hot. Bit. Deal with it. Yeah. I like the cat. It's same scene, actually. It's the um, Kathy going, do you know what your problem is, Buffy? 
Buffy's like, you? And she's like, hardly. Hardly. <laughs> hardly. Your problem is you're spoiled. Maybe the world revolved around you where you used to live, but it's share time now. <laughs> Who likes sharing? No one likes sharing. Mm. Sharing sucks. <laughs> you try telling a kid to share. They don't want to share. You know why they don't want to share? Because sharing sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, who gets the wooden spoon? I gave it to Parker. What, for flirting with Kathy? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit useless, I thought. Aw. No. You're already not liking Parker. Ah, it's fucking white bread. <laughs> um, I went with Kathy. She probably, how on earth does does that happen? Like you're a demon mm-hmm. and you've come from another dimension to go to college and you just happen to pick the to slayer. Pick the, pick, get, get chosen for a roommate. Your, your chosen roommate is the slayer. Out of all the people out in the world. Out of all the people in the world, out of all the colleges. <laughs> You have to roll into this one. You rolled into the one with the Slayer who managed to thwart your evil plan. If if she had been with any other person... She would have succeeded. She would yeah. have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and who's the MVP of the episode? I gave it to Buffy. I gave it to Giles. Oh, okay. He came through in the end. Yeah, Giles, Giles is the one that came through in the end. Now, I wanted to talk about that. So everyone really doubted Buffy again. This happened once before, didn't it? Am yes. I, where she was convinced about something and everyone yeah. thought she was crazy. Ted. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And no one believed her then. So this exact same thing happened. So I was a little a little put off by that. Like, you know, we didn't, we'd been down this road before and she was completely right. And um, and you didn't even sort of, but it was you didn't even indulge the idea that she could be on the something. You just went, oh no, she's crazy. I know she was acting a little crazy, but you know you didn't believe her last time, and she was completely right. So it it seemed odd that they just dispelled her pretty much straight away. I thought that was weird. Yeah. So hmm. yeah, yeah, it is that annoying thing. But they have to do it every now and again. But you, but Giles didn't completely. No, Giles didn't, but, it, well, he did enough to, to capture her. Well, so. only because she was starting, she was actually starting, to, her behaviour had become erratic hmm. and, like, breaking the bench in front of Oz the way that she did hmm. and she was just like, she has to be stopped. You know, she was she was almost threatening to kill her at that point. Yeah. Um. But, you know, Giles did come through in the end. Like In the did. end, yes, but rather hesitant, I thought. <laughs> A little hesitant. Well, they but they did have to capture her because she was starting to be dangerous. But he did still, he didn't completely ignore the toenails. No, because yeah. <laughs> she had proof. <laughs> that was mm. the thing. I think she knew from the last time that she needed proof. Mm. Yeah, but I still felt like they just jumped to that extreme conclusion a little too quickly for my mm. liking. So that's me. I know it's happened more than. I can't really think of the other episodes it happened in, but uh, in the pact as well, that that was another one where Giles didn't believe her. Mm. Yeah, see, again. <laughs> oh, that's all season one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't count. Yeah, that's a write-off that season. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. But anyway, Giles ends up getting her soul back and, mm-hmm. yeah. Saves a day. 
Saves On your jaws. Saves the day. And what do you rate this episode out of ten? Uh, six eggs named to Kathy. <laughs> I went nine out of ten wily gum and dairy gnomes. The hell was that? Well, because she kept saying, like, because it was like who, when, whenever. Oh, the gum on the on a, the yeah, chewing gum. She yeah, she was like yeah. gum gnome. Gum gnome. And yeah, she kept she kept bringing up gnomes every time every time uh, Kathy was being super passive aggressive. Mm. She was like, "Who's going to come steal milk?" The wily dairy gnome. And then when she puts her book down on the gum, mm. and she swallows the gum. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me. And <laughs> um, she's like gum gnome. Hey, do we see gnomes in this? No. Ah. Get trolls, I think, eventually. Yeah. I think we could do, yeah, we get a troll. Right. No gnomes. No gnomes. Oh no, we get we get um we do get garden gnomes. They do. Play oh, well, th- oh well, there you go. What do we got? <laughs> That's what a gnome is. Garden gnomes. Oh. But like, you know, the porcelain garden. Yeah, okay. Gnomes. Right. Yeah. And oh, there is one more thing I wanted to mention is that mm-hmm. I did think that Willow was starting to realise there was something off with Kathy in when that she, end scene. When she confronts her and tells her to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. And she uh, I think Kathy's trying to set it up so that when Buffy gets taken into the other dimension, mm-hmm. uh, they won't be suspicious of her. Because um, she's saying to to Willow, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if she just up and left. Oh, right, yeah. And, and Willow is kind of going, oh, this is a bit weird. And then I think Oz calls and yeah. says that she's yeah. got Buffy and yeah. Mm. Yeah, it did look like she was trying to figure out something then but then got distracted, but yeah. Yeah. I think she would have come through in the end. Or yep. not. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, did you have anything else you wanted to? Do you No, we're not doing that. No, no, we're not doing that. Uh, what we are doing is this instead. Ah. Yeah, we're wrapping it up for another week. Another episode. So we are Nerd Subculture. My name is Jared. I'm Edwina. And you can find us on... TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. There is a Facebook group and you can email us at nerdsubculture at gmail.com. Yes, send us some likes, re- reviews or something. Ask us a question. Do you like auto-tune? I don't. <laughs> but till then, take care. Bye. Bye. Grr, arr.